Welcome, everyone. It was officially episode number 39 of Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. It is, of course, the interactive video show where you can join us on the show, either in the chat area or just on audio or on video. Whatever you want to do exclusively, you get to chill with us, as the kids say. Uh, you can subscribe on OnlyFans or Patreon. There's different subscriber options on each. I always recommend doing both. So you should be doing anyway. I shouldn't have to recommend it in the first place. But here we are. We're on the top 69% of creators on OnlyFans. So, you know, we're on our way up, as they say. Um, you know, when you subscribe, you also get not only the exclusive access, you get every episode on video and all kinds of other perks, sexy Shelly galleries, and more. Maybe some sexy Stoner Jesus galleries coming soon. I don't know. There hasn't been a big demand for them. That's fine. I'm not- <laughs> I am Sarah Jesus. You can search for various things I do on the interwebs. I do a lot of uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery and whatnot. She is Shelly Martinez, model, content creator, pro wrestler, extraordinaire, storyteller extraordinaire. <laughs> if you've uh, been subscribing to the show and watched the previous 30 episodes, you know what I'm talking about. Shelly, um, how are things on uh, your end? I noticed less El Guapo tweets than the week before. So that's something. It really is. You know, long story short as I can make it, I've been going through a lot. As we all know, people who have been watching, tuning in, you yourself. And I feel like recently I had like a, a weird situation with one of my friends that just really put a lot of things into perspective for me and triggered a lot. So... Even though I still thought about death, and here's the thing. There was times at night that I didn't tweet about it because I was literally in bed, and I was like, I'm not going to grab my phone right now and do this because then I'm not going to go to sleep. I'll probably like, oh, do I have an email? Oh, what tweets are going on? Oh, da da Like, no, I wasn't about to do that. But if I were to have tweeted the nightly ones – it still wouldn't have been as much as the week before. And it makes sense because all last week it was leading up to Friday, which was me going to my friend's memorial like gathering that was going on. So that makes sense. So it's really interesting with this uh, experiments showing me like different patterns when I go through different things and what certain things get triggered. This weird situation I have with a friend that I'm going through right now, it's really triggered oddly enough, like, family issues that I have, like with people in my family. So it's like I'm distracted and less hanging out with El Guapo because I'm over here like looking at everything. And you know what it is? It's like I'm trying to accept everything for what it is because when you truly accept something, then you can move on. It doesn't mean you agree with it. It's just it is what it is. And when you truly accept something, I feel like – it can't make you get pissed off. It can't make you feel anxiety. It's like you don't care. So I've been trying to not care about things and it's been working out, but there's a lot of work into not caring before you finally get to that point where you're like, you don't care. You know what help? We. Oh, yes. Hence the name Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. It's very clever. Very clever playing words I came up with. Very, very clever. But, um, yeah, so 
This week wasn't as bad with El Guapo, and uh, I just feel weird. I feel like, I don't know if you can relate to the Stoner Jesus, but I've done so much looking in and myself and who I am and why I am the certain ways that like, since I've like, what's the right way to say this? Since confronting those things, I feel like a different person. So it's weird. Like in my own home, I feel like I have to get reacquainted. I feel I have to get reacquainted with Danielle. I feel I have to get reacquainted with Metal Jesus. I feel I have to get reacquainted with you. I feel I have to get reacquainted with my fan base. It's like a weird feeling. And all last week, I was on edibles like the entire week. And dude, that took me to a weird place. I needed to go there. But I was very like... Who am I? What am I? <laughs> the answer is, I'm a bitch. That's just it. I'm a bitch. And that's fine. <coughs> and that's just it. Because I'm a bitch. Hi, guys. I'm Shelly, and I am a bitch. Well, exclusive for you subscribers. Um, speaking of subscribers, uh, we haven't done a free show in a while. We've been talking about doing Uno. I was thinking about putting it around my birthday, which is next month, uh, September the 11th. That's not a joke. That is my actual birthday. And uh, I realized also since 9-11 was my 22nd birthday, and I'll be 42 next month, that's going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So it's a very somber day. You know, I've learned, uh, long learned to kind of like celebrate around that day because I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but it's a buzzkill. It's a buzzkill every year. Uh, it makes me sound like a dick. Whatever. That's fine. My birthday first. And then it was the day that Pete Rose broke Ty Cobb's hit record. And then it was 9-11. In that order. In any case, the Tuesday before my birthday is September 7th. I'm thinking September 7th is a good day for the Uno extravaganza slobber knocker, if you will. Um, they will do live in the air through the magic of technology being 2,500 miles away or whatever we are. Yeah, there you go. I think that sounds like a good idea. Fine and dandy like sour candy, as Ned Flanders would say. Oh, yes. Um, I also saw you tweeted uh, about someone you've mentioned before on the show. And uh, she is, I guess, um, for those of you who don't know, there's a recall election. For governor in California, um, those of you who remember the one that Arnold Schwarzenegger won, it becomes kind of a circus of a lot of people throwing their hat in the ring, uh, so to speak. I know um, adult star Mary Carey ran the last time there was a California race. Uh, your friend, I don't know if she's your friend, but the person you brought up before, especially when we talked about bus benches and whatnot, Angeline, uh, is, is my understanding that she is running for governor of California? You know, here's what's interesting about that. <clears throat> so living here, you get, you know, mailers that tell you what's going on, whatever. And there was this whole thing for registered voters of like, who's running. And so the interesting thing about this book, I wish I had it with me. I don't even know where it is. This booklet, <laughs> the people, as you say, the circus of the people in there, it says like, like, quotes on there that are supposed to be saying like 
them representing themselves. That's it right there. Um, there's one where it's just like a guy on there and it, it says like what it says, what he does for a living. It's like Google me or something like that. It's like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And now I feel like I missed out. I didn't think that I should have ran because if not for nothing, we could have got some attention on the show. I believe it or not, I've thought about this, uh, I guess it may have been a couple months ago and why it didn't escape my mind. I thought, if Shelly would just like file or whatever, it could be a lot of good publicity. Totally. And I'm to think about something else. And then, you know, here we are. I guess it's too late now. I guess they're voting next month. I know. I missed the boat. It's like, because uh, here's the thing. Like when Mary Carey, who else? Was it Roseanne Barr? All these Gary different Coleman. people. What was that? Yeah, I think Gary Coleman. Didn't Gary Coleman yeah. run? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was like this, this, buttload of people who you're like what and so <laughs> i guess i just really didn't think deeply of it there no party preference <laughs> <laughs> and then here's the thing that danielle brought up they didn't put a picture of her in a nice suit or nothing they put a picture of her from like the 80s or 90s <laughs> and the danielle goes she might be naked and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah long billboard live. queen the billboard queen and i really feel after seeing this i'm like dude i just i should have ran just like for the publicity and i guess like no offense but i didn't take it that serious last time when it was like mary carrie and those people yeah. but i didn't think too deeply of like why they were doing it like i wasn't like oh they're wanting attention or oh they're just trying to get publicity i just was like it's hollywood all right whatever but now I realize that's how you get your name out there. You do stupid stuff like that. And it's not about really trying to win. It's just about making as much like press about what you're doing. So imagine if I did it, pothead former wrestler Shelly Martinez is running. And I'd be like, yeah, everyone will get a free joint. Who? Blah, blah, blah. And I could have totally just like, you know, uh, I missed it. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, apparently with the recall election, it's uh, it's a free for all. Just you can have the money, whatever, to file with the election commission. You're good to go. I got five dollars. You know, damn it! They bought a lottery ticket to become the next governor of California. I know. And the thing is, is I don't even want to be the governor. I just want everyone to be like, who is this weird girl that's a pothead? That used to be a wrestler. And have you seen her Twitter timeline? I don't know, but okay. <laughs> and I wouldn't even turn it into like a secret society thing or anything like that, you know, try to get more members. It would just be about making people know like who the hell is this girl and she exists. And then like, yeah, go join the Shelly SGSmokeout.com. That's right. You won't regret it. Get the brand out there. Mm -hmm. That's the I've tried many things over the years. To get the name Stern Jesus out. Uh, one of my more inspired ideas was uh, insulting Muslims and people of the Islamic faith in the hopes that they would make like little paper mache stoner Jesuses and like burn them in the streets. Over there, I tried calling like embassies and stuff, and it just didn't it didn't work out. No one cared. No one gave a shit what I was saying, which is the story of my career. That's gonna be the the, the title of my autobiography. No one gave a shit. 
Um, uh, interesting. I I own the same title in my life. <laughs> no, but mine says no one gave a shit, co shit, comma, so shut up. That's what mine is actually. It has a little comma, so shut up. But you know, well, we're talking about books. As I segue, like the professional broadcaster that I am, you know, if you listen and watch this show, there is no better book. <laughs> the showstopper lifestyle. The man himself, Sean Valentino, the man's guide to ultra hot women, not just regular women, not just hot women, ultra hot women. I don't know if that ranks above or below, say uber hot women, but also in limited power. That's crazy. He's promising unlimited power with this book and ultimate freedom that women should read too. Wow. Should know about Shelly knows about I do, but now hearing that little part of it, it's like, maybe I should be reading that book. Is this going to lead me to freedom? See, that could be you. That's why it's dark. But if you remember, <laughs> I was one of those girls on each side of him because that's how I met the guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why didn't you make the cover of the book? <laughs> I didn't even make the cover of the book because you know why? No one cared, comma, so shut up. It's so interesting because <laughs> with Valentino, the short story is when I was down and out in my luck, so broke, barely getting by, he hired me for an acting gig. I had zero idea that he was a wrestling fan. I had zero idea he knew who I was. And so when, and I took the bus to the shoot, Danielle was with me. And he lives in this area where it's really hard to get to. So we were on the bus for hours. And then the last stop it had was at this gas station, which is at the bottom of the hill where he lived. So when I called him to ask him to come pick us up, because we're at the bottom, not to come pick us up from Hollywood, but to just pick us up like five minutes down that hill, he made it seem like it was the most inconvenient thing in the entire universe, which made me feel real good. I'm already feeling like shit about my life because I've like, no one gives a shit, comma, so <laughs> shut up. So like, I'm already feeling down. I'm not feeling good about myself. The only thing that's making me feel 1% good is that somebody hired me for a gig, which meant I could buy groceries at night. That's what the deal was. So that already put a damper on it. He was totally weird in the car like off-putting, like I, like I bothered him or something. I don't know. Like, Oh, I had to come over here and get you. And it's like, geez, Louise. So, and this is before Uber and all that. <clears throat> so it was supposed to be for, it, it was a, for a book. I don't know if he's written many books or if it's just that book, but it was for a book. And I was really taken back because when I walked into the dude's place, there was pictures of him all over the place. And I was, I've never seen something like that before. Like I just never have seen, it was because you try to pretend you don't see it, but it's there. He put it there, but it's like you, I felt this sense of like, I'm not supposed to say anything. And what's interesting is he didn't want me to go into his apartment at first because we were shooting at his pool area. It's a really cute area. And I was like, I have to like freshen up. I've been on the bus for a couple hours. Like, God, can I use your bathroom? So he was upset about that, that I had to go use his bathroom to change and to get freshened up for his shoot, for his book. Yeah. 
this must be the freedom he talks about. He has the freedom. And I was taken away from his freedom because, you know, he had to pick me up. I needed to change and freshen up after a two-hour bus ride. So I remember when I went into his bathroom and I started putting my makeup out and stuff. I looked at Danielle and I was like, is this a joke? Is this for real? She's like, Shelly, I don't think this is a joke. I thought it was a joke. Like, I did. <laughs> I thought I was being punked. So. That would be hilarious. I, guys- it would have been. It would have been. <laughs> but it's not. So um, then we do the shoot, which was me to pretty much be all over him. Um, I told him from the beginning I wasn't comfortable with kissing him. So we already knew that wasn't going to happen. So like, dude, whatever. We need to eat. This is going to, he, you know, paid me pretty decent. So it's going to get me a good amount of groceries, whatever. So. It was just like the weirdest, most awkward thing. And when I left, I just felt, even though I had money for groceries, I felt like the biggest loser in the entire universe that like, I'm not trying to be like all like, oh, but at that moment I was like, dude, I performed at WrestleMania and this is my life now. Like I have to take jobs like this where there was so many negative vibes. And like, all I did the whole time was try to be positive. And then on top of it, Again, this was like a while ago. So like phones aren't what they are today. Cameras aren't what they are today to the average person. So he had this very like cheap kind of camera and he didn't even have a camera person. So he asked Danielle to take the picture. So I thought, well, what if Danielle wasn't here? What would we have done? Like put it on some books or something? I don't know. So, (laughs) but again, this must be the freedom that he is expressing in this book. So... Then time goes by, and I answer an ad about superhero, being a superhero girl, hot superhero outfits. They had the outfits. Yes, this is up my alley. Again, not feeling good about myself. Having another tough bout. By this point, I had quit wrestling. Or no, I'm sorry. I was still doing wrestling, but not as much. I knew I was going to quit soon. And at this point, though, I had a car. So I was like, feeling better but still like not in the best place, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, what had happened is that was shortly after I ended up having to cut my hair because I ruined my hair and, um, I felt like not myself. And I know to the viewers, you guys might be like, Oh, big deal haircut. But this is like how I've been for most of my life. This is like long ass hair. So it's not like, Oh, it's my identity, but it's like, The reason why I keep my hair long is because that's the way I like myself looking and the way it makes me feel, even if I have an ugly pimple on my face or feeling fat, when my hair looks good, it makes me at least not totally want to feel sorry for myself. So I was feeling really sorry about for myself because I had this ugly haircut that I had to do because I ruined my hair. So as I'm driving, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm like, dude, this looks like that shoot, that weird shoot in the same area. How funny. And so... I'm driving and I'm like, dude, this is the same apartment complex. That is so crazy. But it's LA. Sometimes that happens. A lot of people shoot independent stuff, whatever. And so then the guy's being so mysterious. And I'm like, dude, this is so weird. And I'm waiting outside of this apartment building, um, you know, waiting for this guy. And then he rolls up. I'm like, that is the dude. I know that is the dude. And so then he, I'm like, but maybe I'm wrong, you know? So then when he's talking to me, he was like, oh yeah. And some time goes by and he's like, oh, you know, like last time I was like, wait, so I did come here before. He's like, yeah. I was like, 
why didn't you say anything when you picked me? Like, I mean, you told me I was cast. He was like, oh, I forget what he even said, but he wouldn't really answer. And I was like, dude, like, I don't understand why you just wouldn't say that. Like, I was like, I wasn't sure, blah, blah, blah. And so that shoe ended up being at least a little better because it was more about, um, I guess he had some, I don't know if it was on YouTube or something. So it was fine. It was a better experience, but that beginning part still rubbed me wrong. Then he started contacting me about his bachelor party movie that he was doing and he's wanted to, he said he had done it already, but he wanted to add me in a small role so I could have a bigger role the second on the second one. I was like, okay. So I felt this time going into it, I was prepared. And to be honest with you, I had a really, really good time shooting the small scenes that I did for both films, to be honest. Like it was a good time, had fun, um, whatever, but it still was a lot because you, he still shoots at his house. So you pretend you don't see all these pictures all over the place. And the fact that I knew that years before, before there were so many pictures like that, there was just some, but by the time it was like the, I started shooting with him in the movie, sometime, quite a few years had gone by. So I'm like, is this just like over the years, he just hires girls like he did with me. And this is just what it is. Or is it real? There were some shots of him like in far off, fantasy island type places I would look close like, is this photoshop like what's going on here so whatever and I that's when I started to like actually like the guy I was like you know it is what it is going back to accepting it is what it is but I was like you know he always pays me like it's fine blah 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 so by this time I'm more comfortable with him he's more comfortable with me and so when we're shooting and when we're done shooting we're all hanging out he's like yeah me and Shelly used to not like each other and I'm like whoa so let's talk about why he didn't like me because I didn't like you based on you being a douchebag to me and an asshole so what's the deal? And so I confronted him about it, but because we were all having a good time, it was all in good fun and we were all laughing, but I was absolutely being 1000% honest. I just knew that. Nope. We have frozen Shelly. Frozen Shelly alert. <clears throat> By the way, if you're just joining us for whatever reason, you're just coming in in the middle of the video. Shelly's telling us about the man himself, oh, no. Sean Vanderpump. her lifestyle. Hey, Shelly. <laughs> Shelly's back with us. Am I, am I back? Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, what ended up happening, my, like, I guess falling out with him would be, like, Danielle and I were going out of our way to, like, do what we can to be helpful on set, to um, try to do, I try to do things outside of that, like I was in Vegas and so was he and we like filmed a good thing for it. Like, and the reason why was because I was looking past the fact that there was this whole level of creepiness that I've never experienced before because he was actually creating, he was giving me and other girls. decent payday to actually be a part of something. Nope. Definitely a lot of glitching. Oh, and now Shelly is gone. <laughs> the glitching is the prelude to Shelly having to disappear for a couple minutes. <clears throat> Here's the, the man she's talking about again. 
Sean Valentino. I will read an excerpt later, which uh, goes to, um, I think it says a lot about what Shelly was talking about and how he treated her. I think the answer is in this book, obviously. Shelly's returned. I was just telling everybody I'm going to read an excerpt later from uh, the <laughs> lifestyle, which I think explains a lot of why he acted the way he did. So um, then the falling out really was when we went to the movie premiere, that was like the beginning for the first one because there was like no food, but a lot of drinks. And at this point I understood what this whole lifestyle thing that he was doing his little shtick. So my whole thing was, dude, if you're going to be like all hardcore about the lifestyle, you got to bring the lifestyle. You got to at least have some chips, go to little Caesars, get some $5 hot and ready's a couple pepperonis, a couple cheese where people don't eat meat. Like you can literally make $50 stretch when you have all this booze and then you just need to buy $50 worth of snacks, big old thing of chips, guacamole, whatever. And so I made a point about talking about it. And the next time it happened, the same thing had happened. And what's so interesting is I noticed the first movie premiere, a lot of the girls that were in the movie showed up to the premiere and at the after party. But the second time, it was like such a sausage fest. Like it wasn't the case. And I told him if you had the proper refreshments, cause at this point I'm thinking, not that I'm friends with him, but I'm cool with him and I like him and I want to help him. And I want to help him make it better because that makes it better for everybody. Like everybody has a good experience and it just was like, Oh, whatever. And so he was on Dr. Phil. And I have had my experiences with Dr. Phil. And so, and so has Danielle. She used to date somebody that used to be like part of the behind the scenes. And when I watched Sean Valentino on Dr. Phil, I was like, I don't buy this. This is not his girlfriend. Like, this is not the case. And the whole storyline was his girlfriend, this cute, like Russian girl, by the way, it's broken English, by the way. So, this girlfriend of his wanted him to stay faithful, but he was pretty much saying that he can't be with just one woman. And he did the whole spiel that when I first met him, I thought was a joke. And he's, and I'm just like, Oh my God. So I asked him about it. Now, up until that point, I kept asking him for scenes from the second one we did, because I did a real fun little gag and I wanted it for my reel. And every time I'd ask him for it, it was just like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so then when I asked him about the Dr. Phil thing, he was like, yeah, it was real, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, right. And I was like, so, and I asked him more questions and he was like, I don't want to talk about that. So what did you really think about the second movie? And I'm like, And so I was just like, you know what? This guy is, I've given him too much credit. He's not what I thought. And that's fine. That's not his fault. I shouldn't have put him in that, like a, like on that level. But after that, that's when I was just like done with him. And then when I started thinking about all these things and I brought it up on this show, it made me like re upset. Cause I went into full detail about it. So I was like, I'm mad at him. I was like, go ahead, hit him up stoner Jesus, like whatever. And then <clears throat> I hadn't heard from him for a while. And then he texted me and I totally ignored it. And I was just like, dude, no. And so the last text I sent him was 
oh my gosh, August 31st of last year. I was giving him, hey, can you send me my my clips into the email? Okay. And then that November, he just texts me a picture of some girls in the cars. I don't know why. And then <laughs> this is the other thing. He calls everyone kid. So he says, hey, kid, are you available for a paid shoot tonight? I didn't write him back. And then he writes me in December. Hey, Shelly, can I talk to you about a project? I don't write him back. December 20th, he just sends me this picture of him with the Trump. And that's me at the second shoot we did. So see, like, I'm like down. I'm all about it. I'm fine with it. But he ended up being weird. And then this week, he put, hey, Shelly. It was yesterday. I was in the middle of something, so I didn't want to get into it, whatever. So after I was done working, I was like, what's up? And I'm thinking, giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's going to be like, hey, Stoner Jesus said that you're mad at me. Like, let's make, like, uh, let's be cool. Let's create again. Like, I think he's something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. You in Vegas? And I'm like, oh, my God. So I ignore him. So this morning, so last night he says, you in Vegas, I ignore him. This morning, he sends me this picture of himself. He has a rose in his hand. Very artistic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when I wrote, I was like, dude, we got to bring up Sean Valentino because, like, what is that? And the thing is, is, like, it, it happens in wrestling as well with, like, these promoters or these vendors that want to act like they're Vince McMahon and like blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to it, Vince McMahon is the devil, but his, when you're at TV, you still get catering. You still get fed, you know, there's water and Gatorade and diet soda and regular soda for you in case either you get dehydrated or you just need a cool drink and they're there. And there's snacks pretty much the whole shoot day of SmackDown or Raw because those are TV days. And even though Vince McMahon's the devil, he still makes sure everyone's fed and has refreshments so that they are taken care of when they're at work. So all these wannabe Vince McMahons, and this is what really pissed me off about Valentino. When I became more open to him, that's when I realized he was such a wrestling fan. And I remember one time I walked in and I totally clowned on him because there was a group of people there that he had this shrine of wrestlers that he took pictures with. And I was like, where's my picture at? I go, none of these people would give you the time of day unless you paid them. I'm here. Like, so what's up? And that's when I got started getting offended with him because he was so up these wrestlers' asses. And some of those wrestlers I know pretty well. And the people that are like Sean Valentino to them, they're nothing but a crash grab. Are you paying for something of my time or whatever and overpaying because I'm so-and-so? Because if you're not, I don't want to talk to you. No. But here I am, even though, yes, I'm getting paid to be on his shoots, but I'm not like, oh, 
I'm going to charge you X amount because I did all this stuff. I was like making the same as everybody else, but putting in more time and effort in the sense of trying to like come up with little ideas with him to like promote it and all these things. And I remember he even told me, he was like, I wish these girls were like you, you know, they don't even care and blah, blah, blah. And that made me sad. I was like, oh, that's so sad. Like it's fun and we all should be this way, but whatever. So that's why I got so upset to like, realize that it didn't matter that I showed that I actually cared and I didn't want anything out of it except to create. That's all I cared about is creating and create. And while we're creating, let's have a fun environment because you're about this lifestyle and the lifestyle is popping bottles, freaking having a good time, freaking making memories that you'll never forget. Not because it's creepy because your pictures are plastered all over the place, but because it's so freaking awesome. You can't believe that this is your job for the day. That's the lifestyle. That's what it's about. And I know this because Sean Valentino, if you ever see this, I come from born and raised in California, bitch. We made the lifestyle. You're not from here. You want the lifestyle. I try to gift you what the lifestyle truly is, the essence of it. Like when people back in the day gave me the nickname Funtime Shelly for a reason, because I'm not a douchebag that gives myself nicknames. It's like, <laughs> that's what's up. And that's why I was upset with you because I really did see that you had potential for this really cool thing. And it could have been even better for everyone involved while living the lifestyle but because you're not from california you don't recognize or resonate with the lifestyle that's why i don't text you back and i don't know why you sent me that picture it's weird <laughs> yeah it was a few months ago i guess i tried to contact him i looked on try to look back and it wasn't direct message i guess i just sent him a message <clears throat> i was never got um it's a shame, too. I love having him on the show. I love to ask him about each thing. Like, why were you so pissy when you had to go down the hill and pick her up? And why is there no fucking food? <laughs> and most of all, why are you pissy all over your house? Here's the thing. This is what I'm going to say here on record. So, I'm saying this on record here with all of our smoke out people because I don't want Valentino to know this. But if he hits me up saying, I'm going to say the only way I will do, I'll even talk to you about doing anything is you have to come on my podcast with my friend Stoner Jesus and let us talk to you. That's the only way I'll do it. And there's part of me that feels that because he is full of himself in a sense, he would. But I feel at the same time, he doesn't want to be made fun of in that kind of way, especially because I've had some very aggressive words with him where I was like, I was in his face, but I wasn't like, oh, it was just like, look, dude, let me tell you something. So I've had words with him and I've actually, like I've talked about before when, uh, when I first brought him up with like the beginning when we started doing this. I've had some really cool conversations with him where like I saw the facade like leave and he was just being himself. And I thought that was really cool. And that's why I thought that maybe 
God put me and Danielle around him to connect us with him, to show him some genuine love and compassion without wanting anything in return. Because I kind of get the feeling that he's the type of person that, you know, I give you this, we had to give me that kind of vibe. And that's why we were, we showed him so much kindness and we tried to bring the party with us every time we were around and we wanted to create with him. But you know, like going back to the other wrestlers, when I was in Vegas and I shot some stuff with him, if it was any of those wrestlers that were on his wall, they would have charged him for that time. And they would have made him, like, go way out of his way and do all this kind of crazy stuff. And I was like, hell yeah. And you know what I did? I served him my vodka. I served him my chaser. I let him come to my hotel room and shoot in my room for his project so that's why i get really pissy about it but it's not his fault i chose to do that and that's why the only way i'll give him the time of day about any kind of projects is he has to come on here and hash it out and i'm very serious about that because you know I've been seeing all over like YouTube, these people that have like legit beefs where it's like very ugly and they take it ugly on the internet. They go on each other's podcasts and they go for it and they don't care. They're all assholes, like soulless assholes that don't care and take advantage of their audience and people. So like, it makes sense. But like, why do you have to be that toxic, ugly for views person? Why can't you be like, look, I'm down to put what happened on here. Yeah, I do want the views, but I'm not doing this. I'm not trying to hurt him for views. I'm like, lifestyle, Mr. Lifestyle, let's talk about it, huh? Just like all these other nerds. <laughs> the only denial, but you didn't write the book. Obviously, it was this guy. The guy that you can be. And here's the thing, like, I'm feeling like maybe I should read the damn book because maybe it'd make me understand him more. And what's so interesting is what he doesn't know is I was warned not to work with him after I got messed up with him, mixed up with him the next, the second time. I was warned, don't mess with him. He's a joke. You're wasting your time. So uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of gems in here. Obviously, one caught my eye was chapter 21. It's entitled simply Three Billion. He starts each chapter with a quote. Uh, this one is, quote, We delude ourselves with the notion that somehow there was only one person out there who was a soulmate waiting for you. That was a quote from Hugh Hefner. Uh, Sean says, Three billion. That is a number that should be ingrained in your head just like 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and 365 days in a year. If you have a short memory... You should etch it on a plaque and place it on your wall, I guess with pictures of yourself. Every man should always remember that there are more than 3 billion women in the world and not to be consumed with the illusion that there was only one person out there for everybody. The idea of a solitary soulmate who exists somewhere on this, this vast planet is a harmful myth. So that explains a lot. Although this chapter, I guess, could not be 4 billion. I guess the population has grown. It basically sees you as just one of, in this case, three billion. So you should just walk up the hill. Don't worry about whether the fuck they're fucking pizza or not. It's not your <laughs> Don't worry about how the pictures of myself on the fucking wall. That's just that's me being cool. 
See, just that one paragraph right there. You learn so much. It's so true because you know what? This I'm not trying to be okay. I'm a bitch, but I'm not trying to be a bitch when I say this. I'm just being very straightforward. So the fact that he makes such a fuss over these male wrestlers, is he gay? Is that what's going on here? Is he just gay? And this is like his whole thing. And here's the thing, like there had been jokes, like I've asked him, I have, I said, are you gay? And he just laughed and they all laughed and they, like, I couldn't tell if they're being serious or not. So like, and then I, and then I have this whole like thought in my mind. I'm like, you, do you know that show, The Big Bang Theory? Mm -hmm. um, are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've seen every episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, awesome. Bazinga. So um, <clears throat> I wonder sometimes if he's like Rajesh. Like mm -hmm. he's here and he tells mommy and daddy and they give him his little allowance. And he needs to keep, not only is he keeping this image up here, but if he's gay, then his parents at least are seeing he's always with women. He's making these movies, blah, 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 blah. So Danielle and I have also talked about that theory as well. And that would make sense too. And what's so interesting is there's a couple of girls that I met on his set that I'm still friendly with and keep in touch with to this day. And hearing their experience and how long they stuck around it made me feel even stupider that I like believed in this dude. I believed in him. I saw this potential like, wow, you could be, you could do good things. What a load, dude. What a freaking load. But I don't take it back because like I said, I did have genuine moments with him. They were only moments, but I did. And it did open my eyes to remind myself that there are other people like that out there. Maybe they don't take it to that extreme with like the pictures in their house and all this, but you know, it's a good, it's a good reminder. And I don't know, like, that's why like going back to when we first talked about this, I had, it was about a tweet I put and I said something to the effect of what do you think about people that have pl plastered all over their house? And I've known some people that have done that but I didn't know them well enough to know the story behind why they have so many photos of themselves. And like we've talked about before, it's not like them in like, like, let's say you go to Yosemite and you, you took a picture with half dome by yourself. I get it. But these like, these type of photos are all over his house. The only difference is sometimes there's girls with him in it. It's weird because like, and, and to each their own and maybe I'm just a little different, but like if you were ever to walk into my house, even when I was in WWE, even before WWE, you wouldn't really think like a wrestler and you wouldn't definitely think like, oh, she was that girl in WWE or that girl in TNA because I don't put stuff up. I just don't. And it's not because I'm trying to, like, be against it. It's just that, like, I don't know. Like, right now in front of me is my Back to the Future poster and my uh, Psycho poster. I'll sit here and I'll look at those a lot because, duh, they're right there, right? But I'll look at them and I'll look at different little details and stuff. So I couldn't imagine 
if my home was filled with all these pictures of me, it would, it's, I don't relate to it. I don't want to say that like it's wrong or weird because I don't, I don't want to be insensitive, but like, I just cannot relate to the thought behind it because like, I just couldn't imagine. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. If it's for his benefit or if it's for people who come there or a combination of the two, <clears throat> like you think he's trying to show off, but then again, he may like find some kind of comfort in continuously looking at himself in various poses with various people. But here's the other thing too. Okay. I'm thinking of this other girl that I like loosely know. I've mostly seen her like my one-on-one experiences with her are very few and far between, but I've seen a lot of her content online. So I've seen the different homes she's had when she's like filming, whatever. And it seems like she's has a lot of, not as much as Valentino, but she has a lot of stuff of her like Andy Warhol, like the four same mm. picture, but different things like that, you know? And so when you watch TV shows or you watch the movies or whatever, and then you see the home of somebody that's a certain persona or character, they'll have those little things, people with pictures of themselves. It's like, what is that? It's something, it's something because if entertainment uses it to characterize, okay, this is one of those people. Like they have the pictures of themselves and not only is it pictures of themselves, but like in an art deco kind of way. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, like I'm at the top of my head, I'm thinking of like when they depict like a rich woman who's like very into herself and superficial I, like in a show, they'll show that or whatever. It's like, but what is that? Like, what does that mean? What's the psychology? It's, um, I mean, the word weird is overused, but it's, it's odd behavior. I mean, and there's another way to put it. <laughs> the type of person who would just be comfortable with continuously seeing themselves. Most people are not that way. I guess is the best way to put it. I'd be very uncomfortable if there's just pictures of me for me to look at. I'd be picking apart the flaws and you know, I look stupid in that picture. Why do I have it up? And eventually there'd be no pictures of me like there are not anywhere around me. <laughs> it's interesting because now that I'm going deep, okay, like my grandma, for example, dude, her walls were filled with pictures, but there are pictures of the family, you know, like that's where you see something of me and wrestling hung up probably is like at my grandma's house, you know, she's proud of that. But it's interesting because another family member who I grew up around very closely, their picture hanging was different. It was like a lot of them by themselves. This is when glamor shots was the thing. They had glamor shots of them. And I remember one time I was upset with them and I walked by their glamor shot on their wall and I scratched it. <laughs> 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 I was a little ass girl too so I guess maybe the root of this Valentino thing goes back to that scratching that picture because much like Valentino that family member all I did was want to show them love and kindness especially because they weren't the easiest person to be around and a lot of people would talk negatively about them and they were just terrible to me, like terrible, 
always thinking that like whatever so when I scratched that that picture god I see it right now I could smell the air it was like I'm gonna mess this picture up because like this is all you care about you just care about putting up pictures of yourself and glamour shots and you, 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 and nobody likes you. I'm the only one that's being nice to you, seeing you in these vulnerable times, but you're a bitch to me. Like, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this whole Valentino thing, I finally had it. And he, it's a good thing it didn't happen when I was at his house because maybe I would have scratched up one. <laughs> And then he used to be Aladdin at Disneyland. So that told me a lot, too. I was like, see, he's obsessed with Aladdin, who is fake. He faked who he was to get what he wanted. I think one of the main things I just realized that bothers me about it is it's <clears throat> like if he had this book. And if he had this book prominently displayed somewhere, I would get that. That's an accomplishment. You wrote a book. I would have it, you know, up on a mantle or on my coffee table or whatever. Especially people who come in and say, look, you know, I wrote a book. I did something. That's an accomplishment. Taking pictures with people is not really an accomplishment. And having that everywhere, I don't know what you're celebrating other than the fact that you were born and that, you know, at some point you had a camera or you knew someone with a camera <clears throat> and you took some pictures. Uh, maybe, you know, you're proud of your Photoshop skills. You put yourself in front of Mount Everest or whatever. But other than that, it's not an accomplishment. It's like a, an Emmy or a book or something that you did doing a picture. It's very odd. And the thing is, is like, because <clears throat> it always goes back to wrestling. It really got me when I saw how hard he would kiss ass to these wrestlers. And there was even a time where he had asked me my opinion on certain people. And I told him. And then later he would text me. He'd be like, oh, because so so-and-so really is da-da-da, right? And at first I was like, yeah, thinking we're bonding. But then I was like, dude, he's probably sitting with some people. Like, Look at what Shelly said. Like, you know, but here's the thing. This is what tells me nothing changes. So if you go to, so you could put it bigger there. If you go to Valentino's Twitter and you go to his pinned tweet that's his living room, and you can catch glimpses in the back of his walls in the pictures. Let me uh, make it bigger here. I really get the the full effect. <laughs> I know because I've never I've seen a lot of weird stuff doing what I do, being mixed up with the people I've been mixed up with, but this was a very unique experience. See all those pictures on the wall? Like, there's one right there. <laughs> all those pictures. I guess if you ask him, <clears throat> he would say it's probably for effect and, like, you know, background or whatever for content. I think there's a part of him, <clears throat> excuse me, that finds comfort in just seeing himself everywhere. I don't know. It takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. <laughs> Be comfortable with it, that. It is because, like, okay. I guess what had happened is after I saw the first movie, right? I realized that there was a lot of humor to it and him not taking himself serious. And that's when I was like, I get it. Like, 
this is all like not a total act in the sense for like comedy, but he really doesn't take himself that serious. And I remember I had a cool conversation with him about that, you know? And then he was like, you can't take life serious. And I was like, wow, like it was a cool moment. Like based on all these negative experiences I had with him, rude, not just negative, but just straight up being rude. Like, you know? So like, if you were to tell me this guy right here, it's a total joke. I would say he's genius. So I knew he wasn't genius, but I felt like. Because <laughs> 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 here's the thing. I've been on set when I've seen these girls be very uncomfortable about it. And it's so weird and awkward. <laughs> Uh, he tweeted it. He likes this uh, podcast on a pole, whatever that is. Podcast on a pole. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I went to his house once to shoot some secret society content because, again, I thought we were creating buddies. So I used, I said, I need your shady light, shady lighting. I need your shady ass house to be my background <laughs> because I wanted to look shady. And he was fine with it. Like the director, um, Hey Ho Productions, shout out. Um, they were there too. And so like we just had a really good time. And that was like one of the experiences I had with Valentino that, look at it, it's barf. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like <clears throat> one of those, that was like one of the first times like I really felt like I, I like Valentino. Like I like him. Like, I accept him for who he is. This is like, it's odd and like never, but I did like whatever I go by how you treat me. Nope. A frozen Shelly. While well, Shelly's frozen, let's enjoy more. The showstopper himself. Should put sound on this. Let me hear what's going on. Shelly's picture moved. Is Shelly back? I don't think so. Shelly's still frozen. All right. Go search for more. Showstopper. Here we go. Is that a, a championship belt with his face on it? Holy shit. I believe it is. Holy shit. Oh, it's not making the picture bigger. It's lame. I believe that is right there. It's a championship belt with him and some chicks on it. <laughs> I'll be glad when Shelly gets back so I can show her this. Oh, man. That's awesome. We're doing a deep dive. You know a lot on somebody's Twitter. They uh they put enough up there. <laughs> is this am I seeing this correctly, Shelly? Right here. Is that a wrestling championship belt with his face on it and some chicks right there, like three chicks? I guess so. I was trying to zoom in more. It don't it won't get the picture any bigger. I want to zoom in on the belt. 
That's the important one. See, it's not zooming in any. He's making it various sizes. See that sweet picture of him on the wall? Yep. <laughs> the rose. <laughs> but that championship belt with his face on it, that's next level right there. I just would like to know what's going on his head through his head because it's one thing to keep texting me when I'm ignoring you. Like it happens, right? But the photos, the photos, especially the two chicks. Why are you sending me the pictures of the chicks? I don't know why. And then the picture of me and him. Okay, I guess I get it. But then you literally know I'm mad at you because Stoner Jesus straight up told you. You ignore him. And then feel like you could just text me and be like, hey, are you in Vegas? And then send me this lame photo. That is not lifestyle 1%. And by the way, Sean Valentino, I would, I hate to break it to you, but me and lifestyle had a conversation and lifestyle has asked you to stop using the word lifestyle because you're not about it at all. And it's going to go after you legally if you don't stop because you are tainting the name of the lifestyle. Oh, let's not forget many, many quiet. The biggest boner this dude pulled was when I was supposed to shoot with him. I was live streaming all excited. I was going to go shoot with him after. And during my live stream, Fred Mertz had a seizure. I had to stop my live stream. I ran him on foot to emergency, was crying my eyes out. This was the first time I ever seen Fred have a seizure. And so I ended up calling Valentino or texting Valentino, telling him what had happened. He said that he was, I can't believe I was flaking that he um, turned down going on some private jet for a party so I can shoot with him and totally insensitive to the whole flick. I'm like, I've been crying. I can't be on camera right now. And so that was like the biggest like blow. And Danielle and I still showed him kindness after that. And after that is when he said the remark to somebody like, oh, me and Shelly used to not like each other. And it's like, bitch, you want to talk about Fred Mertz in that night? Because you were an asshole. So, yeah, I didn't like you. And, but, you know, so that was like the biggest issue I had that he didn't, he is so wrapped up in his world that he couldn't have compassion for a moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it makes me mad. Now I remember why I got so mad when I retold the story the first time. Because right now I just went through the whole entertainment aspect. I, I spaced on the Fred Mertz thing. And now I'm mad. What is, what is this? He's been, got a couple of tweets about this. It's a wonderful lifestyle. It's a movie I guess you can get on Amazon. He claims that Hollywood Reporter says it's the best comedy of the year. I would bet a billion dollars that they did not say that. <laughs> well, that's the second movie that I that he was in that I was in for him. The second Bachelor movie. Did the Hollywood um, claim it was the best comedy of the year? I don't know. I'm still waiting for my freaking <laughs> clips from the freaking video so I can put on my damn reel. I have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> oh man.
the things I do for freaking money, man. <laughs> and oh my gosh. And so, <clears throat> yep, there's the there's a picture of me on his leg on the <laughs> bottom there. Not the words like uh, two girls. Yeah, right there. You can get like yeah. the bigger billing like these chicks up here. No, I wasn't worthy enough. And whatever this is right here. Oh, that's that was a character in there. He's actually pretty nice. That's also the director of the film. Um, I don't have any issues with him. He was he was always nice. We had some really cool conversations as well. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have photos of himself all over his house. I'm not sure. Maybe. But um, I have no issues with Hey Ho. He likes those roses. Yeah, he loves the rose. He puts on his sunglasses mid-conversation. <laughs> yeah, always, always. I had a deep conversation with him about sunglasses wearing and such. <sighs> Anyways. That's a lot. It is. <sighs> it's such a so much a lot. This is what's going to happen right now. You see that? Yeah, yeah. That's right. If he texts you about a project, say, look, bitch, I got a project for you. You're going to come on this podcast. We're going to ask you about every single shitty thing you did and make you explain yourself. And if you've got the balls that you claim in your book, The Showstopper Lifestyle, then you come on the show. I will paraphrase that. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to tell him. I think the best he, part was, look, bitch, I got a project for you. <laughs> I know it is. I'll say that part. I'll be like, look, bitch, I got a project for you. You need to come on my podcast with my friend, Stoner Jesus. You remember Stoner Jesus? No, I can't. Here's okay. This is, I got to practice. Okay. No, bitch. I got a project for you. You need to come on Shelly and Stoner Jesus Smokeout. And we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about how we met. We're going to talk about your movie. We're going to talk. Snaps at all. If you're but, at the bottom of the hill, you better hook that shit up the hill. Where you you, you got to get yourself there. I'll send you the link. You have to bring your own snacks, your own drinks. And if your be dog there. happens to be sick at the time of the show, I don't give a shit. You be here on the show. Or we're going to have problems. Don't give me your pity story. You're here. Do the podcast. And then if he's resistant towards it, I'll say, well, I guess um, your book is just a bunch of crap then. All right. That's right. I believed in you. I believed in the showstopper lifestyle. But if you won't come on the show, uh, this is all talk. But I really want to know, like, who is this guy? Like, he was a little boy at once. What happened? And then he became this dude about Calabasas. Guy <laughs> who um, I was really young. We went to these people's houses. It was like a relatives of my dad's girlfriend, and it never failed. Like this dude, yeah, I, guess, I, I forget. He had to be like fifteen or sixteen, I guess. He was like still in the house, but he was kind of older, and he would demand that his mother make him egg sandwiches. He'd constantly be yelling, where's my egg sandwich, bitch? And stuff like that. That's what I imagine this kid, Sean Valentino, like as a kid, demanding his damn egg sandwich. Where's my egg sandwich, bitch? 
when he grew to write this. That's what he's, that was the alternate title for the show. <laughs> Where's my egg sandwich, bitch? <laughs> See, I think he was the opposite. I think, <laughs> I think his mom or no, maybe I met his mom. She seemed pretty nice though. I don't know, but I feel like, oh, you know what? Yeah. He was an egg salad. Where's my egg salad? Wasn't because I was gonna say I feel like he's this way because someone's emasculated him, made him feel bad about himself. He has to prove something, right? But then it's like, no, I do see him being that bratty kind of little spoiled. Always had the best clothes for school. Oh, I can't wear those jeans. I need these jeans. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Meanwhile, people like me are going to the freaking thrift store to get a pair of jeans and make it look like they're brand new. Like, ew, I'm so upset. <clears throat> are you sure you met his mother or was it just her corpse in a rocking chair? <laughs> no, she was nice, too. She came to the movie premiere. But maybe he hired that lady, too. Who knows? <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, to tell that story, the woman he hired to be his mother. <laughs> but here's what's interesting is when I was like all about trying to, you know, build some sort of friendship with him, you know, not be BFF any, or anything like that, but, you know, definitely like creating friends, you know, let's all pull our strengths together to make things happen. Awesome. You know, that's what you do. It's rare to find. So after the movie, I noticed that some of the people in the movie, like one of the actors, the director, no, two of the other actors and the director, they seem to have hung out with Valentino a lot. Like they like went to like the zoo or something with like him and his mom, like the mom was visiting still. So like that's what kind of gave me the still that illusion that like he isn't just this like Sean Valentino, Stosh, uh, Stosh, what is it? showstopper blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I i saw the person in these like photos which is cool because being creeped out and pretending these photos that don't show me the person it like made him more like i liked him more seeing this like see you don't have to always be this like person like i see you being a normal person in these photos and you guys look like you're having a really good time and you know that's awesome. Like you guys are growing out. Your mom's there. She's probably being sweet to everybody. Like that's what the vibe was, you know? And that's when I was just like, Hmm. And when I started to just kind of like, just be like, dude, no, I'm done. Like at, for a while I would see these people cause I follow them on social media. They would still like interact, but then slowly I don't, I don't see them interact with him anymore. So I don't know. It's like, Maybe it's just another one of those Hollywood douchebag stories. Like, just you buy what you, the life you want, and then that's it. If he hired a woman to pretend to be his mother <laughs> and then took her to the zoo, that would be next level shit right there. Oh, and then get this. Are you ready for this one? <sighs> so, I don't know why. But Danielle thought it was a good idea to go out with one of his friends. <laughs> this dude, Valentino, he's like from Michigan or something like that. So these were this was his Michigan buddy that lives in Michigan. And he was in town for his movie. And I think Danielle just found him interesting and just like wanted to like, oh, you know, it wasn't like she was looking to fall in love or anything. It was more like, 
you know, we had a cool conversation and like, cool. Like if you're in town still, yeah, let's hang out. Like, that's fine. It wasn't really like this romantic thing. Like it never felt that way, you know? And so when she came home from hanging out with this dude, she was like, I don't know what happened. We were just like, everything was fine. And we we're just like having cool conversations about like Bollywood and stuff. Cause like Danielle and I love Bollywood, especially Danielle. Um, since we we're little girls. So like they really bonded because, you know, he was Indian. So we're talking, they're talking about Bollywood and all that. And so <clears throat> she was like, out of nowhere, he's like, so, so what is this? What are we doing here? What is this? And I'm thinking, what? We've been dating for six months. <laughs> you just met her. And then there was this whole thing where like, she realized her earring had fallen off and he had it. And I think to this day, he still does. I don't know. So just to throw salt into the wound. <laughs> wow. Birds of a feather. So many things to ask the showstopper. And you know what? If he went on a Dr. Phil, how come we're not good enough for him to come on here and talk about his phony life? If he went on Dr. Phil, like... Hold on. Let me let me have a little conversation with Valentina right here. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> let me take a nice big hit for this one. So listen up, bitch. We got a project for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Look, bitch. We have a little project here for you, Sean Valentino. So last time I talked to you, like really talked to you in a text, I don't know if you remember, but I was asking you about your Dr. Phil experience when you were on Dr. Phil. So once again, I don't know why Dr. Phil is good enough for you to go and talk about things, but you can't come on our podcast and talk about things. I get it. You get exposure with Dr. Phil, not the exposure you'll get here, but you still went on there and talked about it. Number one. Number two, look, bitch. You think you know the lifestyle, but you don't. And that's why we need to talk about it here on the smokeout. So why don't you go grab your sunglasses, go grab your rose. Put on your little jacket and get back to us because we need to hear from you. And the thing is, is when I was at your house and you had all these pictures of wrestlers, which I told you, I was like, dude, I was a wrestler. And you were like, yeah, I know. So once again, I guess I'm not Sean Valentino worthy, which is fine, by the way. But you're texting me, asking me if I'm in Vegas and this and that, sending me photos of you, headshots, if you will. And yet you ignore my friend here, Stoner Jesus, when he said, hey, come on our show. Let's talk. So if you want to put back up your book and who you say you are with the book, what's the name of the book again? I'm sorry. <clears throat> the... Showstopper Lifestyle, The Man's Guide to Ultra-Hot Women, Unlimited Power, and Ultimate Freedom That Women Should Read Too. 
Well, is that what that book's about? We want to talk about it. We want to talk about you, Sean Valentino. So why don't you go ahead and get off your little high horse over there and get back to us so we can schedule this because we have some questions. If you truly know the lifestyle, why don't you come over here and tell us all about the lifestyle? Because we're dying to know. Yes. And if you deny this, you ignore it, then we just know that you and your book are nothing but a load of crap. That's right. We have slightly less viewership than Dr. Phil, but we do smoke a lot more weed. So Absolutely. Yeah. And that was me being messy because that shot hit me and I wish I articulated it better, but I did not. But because here's why. Because here's why. Because I really want to go for this guy, but I feel bad and I don't want to hurt his feelings. So I'm watching what I'm saying and I probably shouldn't do that. I should probably just say what's on my mind. Because at the end of the, the day, this guy doesn't care about my feelings. He doesn't care about what goes on in my life. And that's fine. He doesn't need to. But it just bothers me that I was ready to tell this guy off and I totally sugarcoated the entire thing. <laughs> That's who I am. And that's something I got to work on. For me, if he were to come on the show and he didn't feel bad by the end, then I would feel like I didn't do my job. He may not. It's kind of like that <clears throat> member that you ended up getting frustrated with. It's like some people, they just, they're so stuck in their world that like it doesn't even matter to say anything. It's just like, it's a waste. That's why I'm glad I have here to talk about my feelings and emotions. I have online to talk about it because it's like the people I'm talking about clearly don't care. This show is proof. They clearly do not care or else they would come on here and be like, yeah, let's talk about it or whatever, <laughs> but they're not. And that's fine. They don't owe me anything, but I guess I'm trying to get myself out of this thing that my entire life since I was a little ass girl I've done. And it's like, I always hold back because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And it's not that I'm saying that I want to like, who cares F people and their feelings, but like going back to when you went off on that subscriber, like I told you that day, I needed to see that because I felt up until that point guilty. I didn't <laughs> want to hurt his feelings. And that's something I have to work on. And I try to work on it. And doing that poor ass version of telling Arshad Valentino that wasn't really. It's because I started picturing his face and all this. But was he was he caring about me when I was like at least giving him the courtesy of not flaking on him completely about Fred? Like, dude. And then on top of it, like before that situation happened, like taking the bus there. And I think that's why I felt so defeated because that whole, like I was in WrestleMania, what am I doing with my life kind of vibe? Because I was like, man, I've been like, I've transferred so many buses. Thank God Danielle's with me. Like, I feel embarrassed. Like I should have a car. I don't like, what have I done with myself? Like I have no direction. Like I have to do this. I don't want to do it, but I have to, because I need the money. And it's like, 
I kind of feel that Valentino doesn't know how that feels. I don't feel like life has dealt him those cards where he's been through a lot of the things that Danielle and I have been through, the struggles, um, you know, whatever his parents' like situation is, I don't know, but like, I don't know. It's just a slap to the face. <clears throat> and that's why, like, whether it's on here or I bump into the dude somewhere, like, I know one day I'll be able to tell him what I need to and how I need to, but right now I guess I'm still angry. So that's why I censor myself because I don't want to say something that later I'm like, I said that because I was hurt. So I didn't care. Uh, and I hate that because it's bit me in the butt. Like the thing with that subscriber that you got upset with, it's like, it took for that many years and for you to get upset with him, for me to finally go F him. Like, oh my gosh, I, all those years of stress where it affected my home life. And so it's like, I'm working on it. So here we go. Okay. Don't show Sean Valentino that one. Here we go. There's me working on it, people. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Look here, bitch. You know I don't text you back. I finally give you the time of day. Why? Because we're all going to die one day, and I'd feel really, really terrible if I found out you passed away and I ignored your text. And then to be like, you in Vegas? Bitch, you know I'm mad at you. My homeboy, Stoner Jesus, remember he told you. He told you I was mad at you, and he invited you to come on to our podcast to talk about it. I thought it was a good idea because you go on shows like Dr. Phil opening up your business. You have your book, your manual to the lifestyle. Well, you know what part of the lifestyle is? Part of the lifestyle is when someone calls you out, you got to have the balls to show up and see what's up. Look them face to face. So why are you ignoring Stoner Jesus about your invitation here? We just want to talk. We want to understand you. We want to talk about your book. We want to talk about your movie. And we want to talk about how you feel about me and our interactions. So unless your book's a bunch of shit and it's fake and phony, why don't you hit him up and see what's up? All positive vibes. We're just trying to get some answers. And that's called living the lifestyle, bitch. It <laughs> <laughs> only had a couple things. Uh, one, if you don't come on the show, you have a small penis. And two, I'm 95% convinced that that woman who was your mother was hired. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. List. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Another awesome episode. 30. <laughs> crazy. 39 episodes. <laughs> Oh God! And of course, what did it happen right now? I peed myself with that cough. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good way to end the show. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week, <laughs> get the book, people. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get it just so I can I can have some material because you know you got to know your subject, right? It's like five bucks on Amazon. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. I got five dollars. Hey, I got five bucks. Just show investment. Tax write off. <laughs> Maybe he'll autograph it for me. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>